As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Before we do get started, our listener support campaign does continue. You can support the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net. You can also uh, become a Patreon uh, supporter of the program at patreon.greatdetectives.net and uh, support the show on a monthly ongoing basis. And you can mail in a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And uh, some of the rewards we do have as uh, thank you gifts on your request. At the $20 level, we can send you one of the great uh, Perry Mason audio uh, dramas from uh, Colonial Radio Theater, such as Perry Mason and the case of the... 
Velvet Claws, or Perry Mason in the case of the Sulky Girl. Or my favorite, Perry Mason in the case of the Howling Dog. At the $50 level, for those in the U.S., we can send a copy of uh, Michael Shane movie collection containing four uh, Michael Shane movies starring Lloyd Nolan. Uh, one of those actually features uh, Steve Reeve of Superman fame. In addition to the four uh, movies, there are also four uh, uh, mini documentaries on Michael Shane and the making of the films, and uh, some great uh, cover art for the cases, and that's available with a donation of $50 or more. Full list of available items at support.greatdetectives.net. Uh, well, now it's time for today's episode of Michael Shane. Uh, the original air date on this one is August 20th of 1945, and the title is The Red Lead Mystery. The Adventures of Michael Shane, Private Detective. The people who make 76 gasoline and Triton motor oil, Union Oil Company, present... The Adventures of Michael Shane, Private Detective, starring Wally Mayer and Kathy Lewis. It was Gilbert and Sullivan who said, quote, a policeman's lot is not a happy one, end quote. But tonight, just on the stroke of eight, Mike Shane, San Francisco's favorite ferreter of felonies, is seated in his apartment. He looks down on the bay at the masthead lights rising and falling with the swell as Phyllis, his easy-on-the-eyes associate, does things with eggs in the tiny kitchen, a kitchen which hangs like an eyebrow on the forehead of Telegraph Hill. Uh, yes, Angel? How's the shoulder? It's fine. Uh, that is... Uh, oh, it's pretty good. Why? Because uh, I think you're using it as an excuse to get me over here every night to fix your dinner. Well, Angel, some fellows have etchings. I use scrambled eggs. Uh-huh. Well, from tonight on, if I come over to your apartment, it should be as a guest. You're going to do the cooking. Oh, Angel. I mean it. I'm through being a detective by day and a cook at night. All right, come and get it. Oh, boy. Uh, hello. Hi, Mike. Oh, hello, Inspector. What are you doing? Well, I was just going to sit down to a plate of scrambled eggs. Why? I got a body. <laughs> you sound like something out of a horror film instead of Inspector of Homicide. What kind of a body? It's been in the water a week or so. It looks like an accident. Autopsy surgeon seems to think it was an accident. Sergeant here says it was an accident, but... Uh... You think it's murder? Could be, Mike. Where are you? You know where Olium is? Right on San Pablo Bay? Yes. I'll have the police boat pick you up at the jetty. Oh, swell. The sergeant will pick you up as fast as he can get there. Well, uh, give me two more seconds. Two more seconds? Yes, Inspector. One second for each egg. There she is. Pull alongside. Are we going aboard that yacht? Yeah, the inspection board. Hmm, it's a 
trim-looking craft. Yeah, about 200,000 bucks worth. Hi there. Can you make it up the ladder or do you want a bosun's chair? Oh, half an hour aboard ship and he talks like an admiral. <laughs> we'll use the ladder, Inspector. Hmm. Oh, what's the matter, Angel? Can't cook his own dinner because of a bullet wound in the shoulder, but he can climb a ship's ladder. Well, I... Okay, okay, you go first, Mike. Okay. Well, kids, you made good time. Mm-hmm. Sergeant brought us up the bay as if he knew every wave. He does. Born and raised at San Rafael. Well, <laughs> where's the body? On the engine room hatch. Mm-hmm. Any uh, wounds? One blow on the head, which could have been made if he had fallen off the rocks. Water in the lungs? Yeah, Phil. Oh, so he was alive when he hit the water. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Dressed in sailor pants, a reefer jacket, scarf. Shoes don't look like a sailor's. Uh, what besides the shoes make you suspect murder, Inspector? A dead man's hands, Mike. No calluses. And the nails have been manicured. Mm. Sailors don't have soft hands and manicured nails. Oh, good work, Inspector. Good work. But, uh, how come uh, you're aboard this ship? Is the owner aboard? No, Mike. But we've sent for him. We came aboard because the Bay Patrol found the body near the ship. And because of this. We found this note in the dead man's pocket. The North Star, owner Nelson Carter. And this is the North Star? Yeah, Phil. Autopsy surgeon said the body has been in the water about ten days. Oh, it's pretty hard to identify him now. Any missing persons reported? I don't know. The sergeant checked with the missing persons bureau when he went back to pick you up. Yes, sir. Nobody reported missing, Inspector. Say, uh, who's aboard? I noticed the anchor light is trimming clear. No smudge on the glass. Must have been lighted tonight. That's right, Mike. Captain is aboard, also the quartermaster. Oh, I don't see any cabin light. No, Phil, the portholes are covered with heavy green curtains. Uh, did you uh, question the captain and the quartermaster? Yeah, Mike. Very noncommittal gents. Said they didn't know the dead man. Never seen him before. Didn't know anything about him, and then they both retired to their cabins. Well, that's a little suspicious, don't you think? Uh, not particularly. Well, most people are inquisitive, Inspector. Especially about anything that smells of murder. Inspector, did you search the ship? Yeah, they're doing quite a bit of repair work. Huh? Placing all the paneling in the stateroom and so on. Oh, uh, Inspector, did you take a look at the uh, ship's log? No. After all, Mike, we really haven't anything definite to go on. Not even a legitimate reason to suspect murder. I think we have. Well, so do I. Otherwise, I wouldn't have sent for you. But to try and tie the murder up with the captain or with the ship even. But I do tie it up with the ship, in a way. What do you mean, Mike? Point number one. We're agreed that this dead man isn't a sailor because of his hands. Uh -huh. Agreed. Point number two, we think that these sailors' clothes aren't his clothes, all except the shoes. Oh, yes, Mike, but I still don't see how Dead you... men can change clothes, Angel. Oh. So that suggests uh, violence. Now, take a look at the inside of that right trouser leg. Mm -hmm. You see that uh, smear of orangey red? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mike. So what? Well, that was made by red lead. The stuff they used to keep iron and steel from rusting. Go on, Mike. Now, take a look at these stanchions on the port side. Freshly painted with red lead. I didn't notice that before. Well, neither did I until right now. But you'll notice, Inspector, that there's no trace of red lead on the inside of either of the dead man's shoes. I see what you mean. To get that smear on the pants legs, whoever was wearing those pants would be sure to get some on their shoes. Right, Inspector, if he were wearing them voluntarily. Now, that smear suggests that he was carried. So I give you a suggestion. The murdered man was stripped of his own clothes, then these sailors' clothes were slipped on him and he was dumped into the bay. And these sailors' clothes came from this ship? Yes, Inspector, yes, these clothes are from this ship. And for that reason, I think we should question our four suspects. Four suspects? 
I, I don't get you, Mike. Four suspects. Yes, yes. The captain, the quartermaster, the owner. Yeah. And the fourth? The fourth is the ship's carpenter. <laughs> In just a moment, we'll rejoin Mike and Phyllis in their adventures. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the news you've all been waiting for. Post-war gasoline is here. Right now, as we speak these words, Union Oil Company's huge new 100-octane refineries are shifting to civilian production after long months of exclusive military service. That means that within a very few days, you'll be able to buy a new 76 gasoline that will knock your hat off. As fast as this new super gasoline can be blended, our trucks are hurrying it to your Minuteman stations. Some have it already. If your Union Oil Minuteman hasn't received his first shipment of this powerful new gasoline yet, he will within the next two weeks. And just as soon as he does, he'll post signs announcing its arrival in his station. Watch for these signs to go up, and then drive in for a real thrill. Your first tank full of the new 76 gasoline. Soon on sale at all Union Oil Minuteman stations. Mike, Phyllis, and the inspector are still aboard the yacht North Star. The dead man's body still lies on the engine room hatch as Mike knocks on the captain's cabin door. What do you want? This is the inspector of homicide. I'd like to talk to you again. Well, I won't say glad to see you because I'm not. I won't say sit down because I'm hoping you won't stay long. We've uh, sent for the owner, and I thought we could save time by asking you a few questions. Who are you? I'm Mike Shane, private detective. I don't know that I got to answer any of your questions. Oh, you don't, of course, but I'd like to ask one question anyway. Well? Where's your master's certificate? Why, you went... And don't tell us it's in the chart house because uh, we looked there. Now, Captain, you may not like to answer Mike's questions, but I think you'd better answer mine. Where is that certificate? Here in that drawer. I haven't had time to put it up yet. I only took over this ship yesterday. Oh, only yesterday, huh? Yes. I answered an ad in the paper. man wanted a navigator to be captain of his private yacht. I got the job. What about the crew? Only need three. I'll pick them up in San Francisco tomorrow. What about your quartermaster? Is he a new man, too? Yes, I heard him yesterday. you got there, Sergeant? Ship's carpenter named Wilkinson. What about the owner, Carter? Couldn't you find him? No, he's down in South America. Been there for three months. What's that? I said the owner of the North Star's been in South America for the past three months. But that's impossible. I spoke to him a couple of days ago when he hired me. Ah. That's what Carter's secretary says, and he ought to know. I brought him along in case you wanted to ask any questions. Mm -hmm. Who else is that in the police launch? Well, the woman is Mrs. Carter. Oh. Has she heard from her husband lately? No, not for three weeks. Mike. Yes, Angel. You and I have the same idea. I'm beginning to have the same feeling, kid. Well, let's have the secretary up first and have him look at the body. What's his name? Jackson. Mr. Jackson, will you come up the ladder, please? I wonder... Yeah, Mike? I wonder if the ship's carpenter is one of the old crew or a new man. Did you know he's one of the old crew? I didn't hire him. You wanted me, Sergeant? Ah, uh, yes. 
This is Inspector of Homicide. How do you do? Mike Shane. Hello. Miss Knight. How do you do? I wonder if you'd come over this way, Mr. Jackson, to the engine room hatch. Okay, Sergeant. Oh, why, why that's... That's... Mr. Carter? Yes, that's Mr. Carter. Hmm. Inspector. Yes, Mike. I'd like to make a suggestion. Shoot. I think we should take the body back to San Francisco. Yes? Then we should take everybody, and I mean everybody, to police headquarters. Sit down, Mr. Wright. You're carpenter on the North Star. Yes, sir. Tell me, how long since you were aboard? Well, nigh three months, sir. Not since Mr. Carter left. Is that right? That's right, miss. Mm-hmm. Now, take a look at this reefer jacket. Hey. Hey, that's mine, sir. I left it in me bunk. And these pants? Mine, too. But there wasn't no red lead on them when I laid them on the bunk. Mm-hmm. Did Mr. Carter say anything to you about redecorating or repairing the paneling in the staterooms? No, miss, not to me, he didn't. And uh, you think he would have, if that's what he wanted done? I think so. But uh, Mr. Carter was always one to be full of surprises. He could have done it without saying anything to me. You don't know of any reason why anyone should want to kill him? Not me, sir. I didn't know anything about his private life. Only as the owner of the North Star. Did he and his wife use the North Star much? Oh, yes, quite a bit. Sailed a couple of times to a wire with her. Lots of trips to Vancouver, B.C.? He was in the shipping business, you know. Yeah. Well, Mike, unless you have any more questions... Oh, yes, just one. Where was the North Star anchored the last time you were aboard? She was tied up at her own jetty, three miles northeast of Olium. Oh, so she's been moved in the past three months. Yes, miss, out into the middle of the bay and about uh, three miles south. Uh-huh, I see. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Mr. Wright. The sergeant will show you out. And bring in Mrs. Carter, sergeant. Yes, sir. Sit down, Mrs. Carter. I know this has been quite an ordeal. You identified your husband? Yes. We suspect murder, Mrs. Carter. Have you any reason to suspect anyone? No, my husband hasn't... hasn't an enemy in the world that I know of. You thought he was still in South America? Yes, although I haven't had a letter for a month. I I used to hear from him regularly every week. I suppose you inherit your husband's property, Mrs. Carter? I suppose I do... Half of it is mine anyway. I inherited it from my mother. Did, um, did your husband say anything about repairing or redecorating the paneling in the salons? No. But that reminds me of something. Yes, Mrs. Carter? Well, I heard Mr. Jackson talking to someone on the phone the other day about paneling. I didn't know what he was talking about, but then I paid very little attention to my husband's business. I see. And you can't help us anymore? I'm sorry, but I, I'm afraid not. If I think of anything, I'll call you, Inspector. Thank you. The sergeant will show you out. Bring in the captain, Sergeant. Yes, sir. Uh, we may be out to call on you, Mrs. Carter. It might be necessary to search your husband's papers. Certainly, Mr. Shane. Sit down, Captain. Thanks. I take it that if you only took over command of the ship yesterday, 
You haven't given any orders? No, I spent yesterday and today checking supplies, looking over the ship's gear. You knew nothing about uh, the replacing of the salon paneling? Oh, yes, yes. The man I thought was the owner told me he was having it replaced and the workman already knew what to do. And this man that you thought was the owner, what did he look like? I don't know. I never saw him. But you said you spoke to him when he hired you. I spoke to him on the phone. Aha. Now we get somewhere. What was his phone number? I don't know. He called me. I wrote him an answer to his advertisement and put my phone number in the letter. Called me on the phone and told me to report aboard yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's all you know? That's all I know. I saw the ad, answered it, and he told me the berth was mine. I came aboard, and that's that. Well, thanks a lot, Captain. I guess you'd better get back aboard ship. I'll wait for the quartermaster. I'm sure he doesn't know any more than I do. As you wish, Captain. You're quite certain that the quartermaster doesn't know anything. How can he? I picked him up on the waterfront this afternoon. He's only been aboard a few hours. I see. All right, Sergeant. We'll see Mr. Jackson next. Uh, Just a second, Inspector. Yes, Mike. I think maybe we ought to take a trip out to Mr. Carter's home before we talk to Jackson. All right, Mike. Keep Jackson and the quartermaster till we get back, Sergeant. Yes, sir. Get out into the corridor and see if the captain and Jackson or the quartermaster get to talking. Right, Inspector. Atta boy, Inspector. Uh, are you serious about going out to Carter's place? Well, yes, honey, why? Well, I've been following your advice, Mike. Yes, Angel? I've been listening to the tone of these voices. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think the captain is lying. Or at least not telling the whole truth. Why, Phil? Well, he said he hadn't given any orders since he went aboard. That's right. Yeah. He said he'd been checking stores and looking over the ship's gear, but... Well, then who painted the stanchions with red lead? The captain? Those stanchions were still damp. Well, it takes red lead quite a time to dry, but Angel... Angel, I think you have something there. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know quite what it is, but you have something. Thanks, Mrs. Carter, for waiting up for us. Oh, not at all. Naturally, I'm anxious to do anything I can to help find my husband's murderer. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid I, I hardly realize he's dead. Yes, there isn't much we can say, Mrs. Carter, except that we'll get his murderer if anybody can. This is... this was my husband's office, his home office. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jackson always worked here when my husband was out of town. Mm-hmm. Well, we'd better check the desk first. Bill, you take the straw, Inspector. I, I don't know anything about shipping schedules. Say, Mike. Phil, yeah? hmm? what is it? Here's the North Star's clearance to leave her jetty on the... an anchor in the bay. Dated the 26th of last month. Well, it might mean something. We'll, uh, we'll remember that. Hey, what have you got there, Mike? Well, something not quite on the up and up, I think. In the fireplace there? Uh-huh. Yeah. Burned envelopes and letters. Here, Inspector. Yeah. Here, if that isn't part of a Panama stamp, Panama. then I don't... That's where my husband was when I last heard from him. Well, this was mail the 21st. Airmail. The last I received was the 18th. Mail the 21st, and the North Star changed her moorings on the 26th. Yes, Angel, yes. Just time to receive this letter and change the ship's moorings. Does that mean something? It uh, depends, Mrs. Carter. It depends. Inspector. Yeah, Mike. I think we should pay a visit to the North Star's jetty, three miles northeast of Oleum, as I remember it.
rejoin Mike and Phyllis in their adventures in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, for the benefit of those who may have tuned in late, we are repeating the announcement made earlier in the program. Post-war gasoline is here. Union Oil Company's huge new 100-octane refineries have been shifted to civilian production after long months of exclusive military service. That means that within a very few days, depending on your locality, you'll be able to buy a powerful new 76 gasoline that beats all pre-war performance. As fast as this new super gasoline can be blended, our trucks are delivering it to your Minuteman stations. Some have it already. If your Union Oil man hasn't received his first shipment of this sensational new 76 gasoline, he will within the next few weeks. Just as soon as he does, he'll post signs announcing its arrival in his station. Watch for these signs to go up, and then drive in for a real thrill. Your first tank full of the new post-war 76 gasoline, soon on sale at all Union Oil Minuteman stations. Watch for it. Mike, Phyllis, and the inspector are facing one of their most baffling mysteries, a murder with apparently no motive and no clues. We pick them up at the jetty, where the North Star is usually tied up. Well, there's not a thing that I can see. Bare jetty. Odds and ends of rope, freshly painted stanchion. Yes, everything connected with the North Star seems to lead to stanchion. What is what? it, Mike? Look, look, a piece of red glass. Looks like part of a ship's lantern. Port lantern. A natural deduction, Inspector, since we're on a jetty, but look again. Then look at the railing here. Hmm? A long scratch with paint rubbed into it? Yeah. A scratch made by an automobile bumper and rear fender. Yes. When the car was backed up to turn around, whoever was driving scuffed along the rail and broke this tail lamp glass. Sergeant. Uh, yeah, Mike. Check with Mrs. Carter's car, Jackson's car, and, uh, the captain's if he has one. Yes, sir. Uh, Mike. But, uh, first get hold of Chips. Chips? Uh, the ship's carpenter, Mr. Wright. Oh. Get hold of him and tell him to meet us aboard the North Star as quickly as possible. Yeah. And then? And then? Then bring everybody back out to the ship, but not before you've checked all the automobiles. Yeah, Mike. And what's our move, Mike? Back aboard the North Star and lay a trap for a murderer. Constant creaking of the ship gets me. I think we're in luck. I don't believe the captain or the quartermaster are back on a boat. No, Mike. Captain said he was going to wait for the quartermaster, so they're both back at headquarters. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. What are you looking for, Mike? I don't know. But I'm giving these port stanchions the once over. Say. What? You see that dark stain on the deck? Yeah. Sure. What about it? You know what made that? No. Do you? No, but I'll make a good guess. Fresh water. Fresh water? Yes. Decks should always be washed down with salt water. It leaves them white and sparkling. Fresh water makes them dark. Yeah, but even so much. Shh, shh, shh. I hope this is Chips, our ship's carpenter. Oi, there! North Star! Yeah. Here's the line. Tie up and come aboard. All right. All right, mate. Well, what can I do for you? Now, tell me, what will dissolve red lead? Red lead? Why, oil will if it ain't too old. And you've got to scrape it. Uh, take a look at the stanching. Oh, what? That off in no time. You've got oil aboard? Sure thing. Okay, let's get going. All right, sir. Now, now for a quick look at the salon. You know, this was a pretty cleverly conceived murder. 
If that body hadn't been found for a week or two, there would have been no trace of this murder at all. There isn't much trace even now, Mike. Uh, not enough for your district attorney or grand jury, but enough for me. And I think we can trap the murderer without too much difficulty. Well, this is the salon in here. Oh, ooh, what a beautiful place. Yes. Doesn't seem to me that the paneling needs redecorating. Uh-uh. But I tell you what it does look like, Mike. Yeah? Looks as if the paneling had been torn out in the search for something. The ship's safe, perhaps? Mm. Could be, or something hidden behind the paddling. There goes Chips. <clears throat> Why do you call him Chips? His name is Wright. All ship's carpenters are called Chips. At least in the books I read. Well, here we are. I found these rags in the captain's cabin. Good. Look like they've been used for the same job before. Let me see those. Hmm. Blood? I think so. Here, use this one. All right, sir. This is going to make a mess of the deck, though. Uh, that's all right. All right. Do, do I hear a boat coming? Yeah, I hear it too, Phil. Hurry, Chips, hurry. Get some more of that red lead off. All right, sir. I'm going like the roaring 40s I am. Ah, that's the stuff. You've got it down to the old paint there in spots. It peels right off when it's still soft this way. Ahoy, North Star! Tie up and come aboard, Sergeant. Bring everybody aboard with you. I think this ought to do it. Hey, 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 what's going on there? You'll ruin that deck. I think this deck's already been ruined, Captain. But let that go for a moment. The uh, inspector had you all brought out here to see what we were doing. Yeah, what are you doing? We're taking off the last few layers of red lead that somebody put on this stanchion. Now, would you know who did it? You did it, Captain? You've been aboard two days and this red lead was still soft and wet. Could it have been put on without your knowing about it? Red lead often takes a week to dry. That stanchion hasn't been painted since I came aboard. That stanchion is the clue to this killing. What do you mean? Mr. Carter was killed aboard his own ship. Oh, Mr. He was probably hit on the head with a marlin spike, but that's beside the point. The main point is that while his killers were changing his clothes, putting the ship's carpenter's clothes on him, he bled quite a bit. Some blood was spattered on the deck. The killers tried to clean that with fresh water. Yeah. Then they were afraid that some of his blood was on the freshly painted stanchion. So after they'd thrown his body overboard, they repainted the stanchion. But not before they got a smear of red lead on the pants leg as they heaved him overboard. Oh, but who would do such a thing? My husband... The captain, for one, Mrs. Carter, and I think the sergeant has the answer to the other. Right, sergeant? Yes, sir. Uh, Mike, we found the car. The car? What car? Yes, Captain, the car which was used to take Mr. Carter out to the jetty while the North Star was still tied up there. That car has a broken taillight and a badly scraped fender. And it is where, Sergeant? In Mr. Jackson's garage. Jackson, you fool, I told you... Shut up, you idiots. Cut out the arguing. You'll need all the arguments you can scrape together when you face the jury. Okay, Sergeant, you can handle them. Tastes good. Nearly six in the morning and I'm hungry. You know, I was afraid that the inspector wasn't going to get a confession from those two, the captain and Jackson. They were tough monkeys. Oh, not so tough, really. They had just spent so much time plotting and carrying out this murder that they, they couldn't realize they were trapped. Oh, such a senseless murder, too, Mike. All murders are senseless, honey. But I don't think they started out with the idea of murder in mind. As I see it, the secretary of Jackson had uh, made several trips on the North Star. He knew that wherever they went, Mr. Carter always had plenty of ready cash. Mm. He just got the idea in the back of his head that the money was hidden somewhere on board. He didn't know where, but uh, when Carter went to Central and South America, he determined to make a haul. Mm. So when the crew was on vacation, he got together with this man who called himself the captain. They started taking the salon apart, huh? Right, Angel, right. 
Jackson needed someone who knew something about ships. And then when he saw from the mail that Carter was coming home, he, he got panicky and destroyed the letters to Mrs. Carter? Mm-hmm. He met the unsuspecting Carter when he arrived, took him out to the jetty where the North Star was birthed, set out into the middle of the bay and killed him. Ah, dressing him in the carpenter's clothes so if he were found, nobody could identify him. Mm-hmm. I see. Have some more coffee, Mike? Sure thing, Angel. How's the shoulder after the night's excitement? Oh, pretty good, but I still think you'll have to come over for a few nights and fix dinner for me. I will not. You can eat out if you're too lazy to fix your own dinner. You know, I've been thinking, Mike. Yes, Angel? Wouldn't it be nice to have a yacht like the North Star and go anyplace, anytime you wanted to? Oh, I don't know. Look what happened to Mrs. Carter. She lost her husband on account of the North Star. <laughs> of course, darling. I don't have a husband. Well, don't give up hope, Angel. Now, if you were to fix my dinners for the next few weeks... Mike Shane, I believe that's all you think about in a wife, a good cook. Oh, no, Angel, not quite. But uh, being a good cook is a good recommendation. <laughs> Before we sign off, I'd like to repeat the special announcement made earlier in the program. Post-war gasoline is here. As fast as Union Oil Company's trucks can haul it, a powerful new 76 gasoline is being delivered to your Minuteman stations. Watch for the signs to go up at all Union Oil stations announcing the first shipment of the new 76 gasoline. Then drive in for a real thrill. Your first tank full of powerful post-war gasoline... Soon on sale at all Union Oil Minuteman stations. Watch for it. Tune in again next week at 8 o'clock for another adventure with Michael Shane, Private Detective, starring Wally Mayer and Kathy Lewis, with Joe Forte as the inspector. Written and produced by David Taylor, tonight's story was based on the character created by Brett Halliday. Music was composed and directed by Charles Dan. This is John Lang saying goodnight for the people who make 76 gasoline and Triton Motor Oil, Union Oil Company. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series, oh, and a Madam's Wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. Well, an interesting uh, setup, and I have to admit, this is one of the, you know, the one thing about Michael Shane is, pro uh, at least in this version, is probably one of the most unique relationships uh, with the police, as he operates an actual firm, but keeps ca getting called in to solve, you know, whatever miscellaneous uh, case and miscellaneous uh, body that Faraday happens to find. At any rate, uh, we do turn now to some listener comments and feedback, and uh, we start uh, with uh, this from uh, Wayne, who says, Adam, I love your podcast. I listen to them uh, from work 
in our each way, my favorite is definitely Johnny Dollar. However, I also enjoy Michael Shane. My question for you is that in the television show, his secretary is Lucy. Why did they change uh, from the radio character uh, Phyllis Knight? Well, that's a good if you read the later books, um, he did indeed have a secretary named Lucy. However, in the original uh, books, he was married to a woman named Phyllis. However, when the uh, uh, character of Michael Shane was picked up for movie rights, it was uh, stated by the studios that he couldn't be married in the movies. And uh, Brett Halliday, in order to make the character match... Uh, basically went in the books and he killed off Shane's uh, wife, uh, Phyllis, uh, so that they could match. So Michael Shane's uh, supporting cast uh, would change quite a bit. Then we also have this email from Alan um, who writes in uh, about his donation and he mentions that um, that uh, even prior to donating, he had bought 12 to 14 uh, airline tickets to johnnydollarair.com um, and uh, definitely appreciate that. That uh, helps as well. Um, and uh, this week, while listening to episode 314, Sherlock Holmes, I heard, heard your commentary on the then uh, new BBC Sherlock show, and it didn't sound like you were particularly impressed with the first show. Maybe you commented again on an episode I haven't listened to yet. I'm curious how you feel about the show today. I enjoy Sherlock. Uh, but I wouldn't describe myself as a big fan. Uh, keep those little uh, tidbits and trivia coming, sir. I get a kick from catching little things. Uh, it was an episode of Let George Do It, I think, where the police uh, character said a body George had reported finding pulled a Harvey and then w when the body disappeared. Another episode of the show had George saying uh, that the room smelled like preen. Uh, well, thanks so much, Alan. Um, in terms of my thoughts on Sherlock, it's kind of an up-and-down thing. Um, once you accept the uh, premise of uh, Sherlock, that it's Sherlock Holmes, if the uh, character had been born in the 21st century, or it you know, come of age in the 21st century, I think more accurately, it, the, sh the show does uh, work, uh, but it's worked kind of, for me kind of um, off and on. I, I like series one uh, in total. Series two was a bit more of a mixed bag. Uh, then I really did enjoy series three and how they uh, developed Sherlock in that one. And then there was the Christmas special, which um, I'm still doing my best to forget. That one was just um, horrendous. And as I, I, I think that uh, after that is when I started getting into Doctor Who and watching all the stuff. And a lot of the things that Moffat did on uh, Doctor Who in terms of thinking he was clever when he just wasn't playing straight with the audience uh, kind of happened on uh, Sherlock as well, I think, in series two and series four i have reviewed i think um all three series and the special i was also uh, when i saw um uh, people recommended i check out elementary when it came out i was kind of unimpressed with that series um but uh, um went but I've recently started streaming through it on Hulu, and it, it is actually uh, fairly uh, fairly good for what it is. 
Um, the important thing to consider is that it's not Sherlock Holmes, uh, at least not in any, any sort of uh, traditional sense. I mean, they'll try and include um, homages to Holmes, but they, it's just too different. It's more like um, Monk uh, than it is uh, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, speaking of something which is Sherlock Holmes... Uh, and thanks for the email, Alan. We we do have some uh, Sherlock Holmes thank you gifts just added. At the $50 level, we can send you one of two of uh, Roger Llewellyn's uh, one-man plays. He has gone all over uh, the English-speaking world uh, doing these one-man plays as Sherlock Holmes. And if you haven't had a chance to go and see the uh, um, a performance, or if you did and would like to have it, um, for posterity, you can pick up one of these plays for $50 or more. There's the last act, which is a little bit more tragic, and the death and the life, which is a little more uh, light. So whichever uh, pleases you, and we will uh, send it along with a donation of $50 or more. Uh, Big Finish also, uh, we have some of their Sherlock Holmes range. An excellent adaptation of The Hounds of the Baskerville, very faithful. Um, and also uh, an original Sherlock Holmes story by Jonathan Barnes, The Perfidious Mariner, in which Holmes deals with the aftermath of the sinking of the Titanic. And then at the $100 level, we have The Ordeal of Sherlock Holmes, which is a four-part box set with four uh, stories spanning four uh, decades. Also by Jonathan Barnes, I'd probably recommend listening to The Perfidious uh, Mariner first, but that's available with a donation of uh, $100 or more. Full list of available thank you gifts at support.greatdetectives.net. But that will do it today. Send your comments to Bach at uh, greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.